everyone, and welcome back to a theater near you. My name is Chris Randazzo, and I'm, bleh, I can't say my own name. <laughs> my name is Chris Randazzo, and I'm joined this evening, as always, by Weezer of Juice, Paul Giroux. Glad to be here, buddy. I enjoyed this movie. I wheezed it pretty good. <laughs> and Frozen Caveman, Sean Doyle. <laughs> this month's letter was E. And we all landed on Encino Man. Is Pauly Shore as funny as he ever was? Let's find out. But first, how's everyone doing tonight? Can't you, I can't believe you just uh, asked if Pauly Shore was as funny as he ever was, because I um I have a lot to say tonight about Pauly Shore. But I could I could tell you how I'm doing. Do you want to Do you want a weird story? Yeah, always. Okay. So last night, uh, we went out to dinner. Um. Uh, we discovered this thing, like, I don't know, a couple weeks ago, uh, this neighboring town, uh, the town of media does on every Wednesday night, they do this dine under the stars thing. So it's like all of the streets on the main street, like they, they close the street and they put like tables in the street and the whole thing is like a, you know, outdoor restaurant and they have like bands play and stuff like that. So, you know. I think because we haven't been doing a lot of eating in restaurants, we like kind of latched onto this and we were like, Oh, we should try to do this as long as we can. So since it was, um, Sherry's birthday on Tuesday, I was like, let's go out to do the dine under the stars thing on Wednesday. So we're walking up to the restaurant and there's this like sign pointing down this side street and it says free healing energy. And we're <laughs> like, I, I, like I just started like laughing at it. I was like, "You want to go get some healing energy?" And she's like, "What? Like what is it?" And I was like, "I don't know. It's free though." <laughs> so after we ate, like we kind of had the conversation again, and I was uh, I, again, I was just joking around. Can't I was like, "Some healing energy down there." Yeah, right. Yeah, we can't afford not to do it, right? Um. So uh, she was like yeah, like, let's check it out. You know, she was like, we, we never do anything like weird and spontaneous like this. Like, like we should, we should do it, you know? And so like, we get up to the place and we look at it and I was like, I don't know. I'm just, I'm skeptical of anything that's free. Like, are we going to go in there and they go, all right, well, once you click the button, it's going to be, you know, $10 a month or something, you know? And I was like, I don't know. Like, I don't know if this healing energy is going to be worth it. And we're like, all right, let's just do it. And so like, we walk into this place and it, it kind of looked like a conference room and there was these two people in there and they were, they were like seeing clients in person, but then some people were like zooming in and like they did these like 10 minute things. I don't know what you want to call it, but like they took Sherry in a room and I saw the lady like walking around her and it kind of looked like voodoo. Like she was like waving her hands and stuff like that. And so Sherry kept looking at me, so I thought it was totally voodoo, and that I needed to make an excuse to get out of there and not do it. And so then the guy's like, well, do you want to do it? And I was like, ah, like, she's really the one that needs the free energy. Like, I was like, I'm pretty good in the energy department. <laughs> and then he's like, well, I could just do your thing right here in the waiting room. I'm like, okay. And so he starts like waving his hands around me and he's like he's like we found your aura it's this color you know he's like we're gonna take this stuff out now it was, it was interesting and i could definitely feel that he was doing something 
but I think I wasn't really concentrating because like I was in the waiting room and people were walking in and out. So when we finished it, apparently like Jerry thought it was amazing. And I was like, you were giving me eyes. Like it was like voodoo. And she's like, no, I was giving you eyes because I was amazed and it was working. And I was like, Oh, okay. So I don't know. We got our free healing energy and that's, that was, uh, was a weird, interesting experience last night. Oh, that was just last night. <laughs> yeah. Right. Well, you know, healing energy. Why not? Would you would you rate it better or worse than a microwave frozen burrito? Uh. I can't answer this one, Paul. You have to answer this one. <laughs> on on par. Equally. Equally good. Okay. All right. Fair, fair enough. <laughs> All right, well, um, unless, Sean, do you, do you have any weird stories you want to share before we start? You want me to try to match free healing energies? Um, the, no, I don't have anything like that. Uh, I can't remember my life at all. Wild, wild. I mean, I'm here, so something happened before now, but I've got nothing. No, no yeah, healing energies. No. Free or otherwise. I don't think I have anything on par with that either. I mean, I painted my basement wall, and it's bluer than I thought it was going to be. But other than that, I'm, uh, yeah. Embrace the blueness. Honestly, I think the most interesting thing that happened to me in the last week was, yeah, <laughs> was watching Encino, man. Uh, either that or I got, a, I, got, I got an Xbox One in the mail. That was pretty cool. Um. Oh, that but uh, cool. that that has nothing to do with Encino Man. That's or just a, does it was it, an experience, does right? It. Like you didn't you didn't expect it to be an experience, and it was right. I didn't really know what to expect because I watched this movie a lot when I was younger, and I, I upon th- I, I thought I remembered so much of the movie, but then when I started thinking about it, I was like, you know, I really don't remember a lot of this movie, and. So it was it was it was a it was a unique experience. <laughs> I would definitely give it that. It was it was not an experience that I expected. So yeah, I didn't really I didn't really know what I was going to get out of it. And I got. Well, we're here. Let's <laughs> and we will talk about it. So let let's 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 get the basics out of the way here. Um, Encino Man was released on May 22nd, 1992, and was distributed by Buena Vista Pictures. It was directed by Les Mayfield, and it was his directorial debut. He followed it up with 1994's Miracle on 34th Street, 1997's Flubber, and 2007's Cedric the Entertainer vehicle, codenamed The Cleaner. And not a whole lot else. Uh, <laughs> and then he was shot. <laughs> It stars Sean Astin, Polly Shore, and Brendan Fraser, among others. And it's a movie that tells the story of a pair of high school... That's an eclectic bunch of movies. It, it certainly is. Uh, let's see. It tells the story of a pair of high school kids who happen across a frozen caveman while digging a pool in their backyard. Um, I'll start by saying I, th- I think I watched this... Yeah, no, I watched this via nefarious means once again uh, in my living room with my wife. Uh, I don't think I ate anything this time, though. I think I just went in. I think I just raw dogged this movie. I just went right in and <laughs> just just hit, got the poly shore all over my face. How about you, Sean? So you're watching things 
for nefarious by nefarious means for no reason this movie was free it was free online <laughs> we watched it on youtube it's just there it's just on youtube serious i didn't even think to check yeah YouTube. it's just one of those movies that no one's protecting the copyrights of because <laughs> they just don't care anymore i believe it was right YouTube, yeah it was youtube we watched it on it was just there and like there was i think i think there might have been commercials it, might, it, it seemed like it was legitimately there not oh, like yeah. somebody See, like I'm pretty sure I know what you're talking about. We did come across something where we could have watched it, but it would have had commercials. Yeah, it did have and commercials. No. Yeah, no, I'm not, I'm I, not I, playing that game. I don't mind commercials. I get up, I take a leak, I get a soda, I do what I'm going to do, you know? Um, <laughs> the So, yeah, that's how we, we watch it through legal means. Uh, on my video game TV in my living room, I believe our our primary snack was taco bell because we were going to watch encino man and taco bell's kind of the one <laughs> junk food. the rest of the night in the bathroom <laughs> <laughs> taco bell's the one uh, fast food i can sell jacqueline on like uh, that's that's her week she usually wants to be healthier than that but taco bell's the one that will sneak by her radar uh and anytime i go to taco bell i always get like forget about it i order like 10 different things and so i couldn't even tell you what they were uh wait can i can i say something can i say something let, Sean, last time you said that Jacqueline was trying to, she you said that Jacqueline was trying to extract meat from your diet. Like, I think Taco Bell still falls into that. Like, I don't think it's real meat. <laughs> probably isn't. Probably isn't. Yeah, I mean, it, I think there's meat in it, but I think it's cut with like you know sawdust and stuff. Surprisingly, there's more meat in the corn shell than there is in the filling. But yeah, this this I mean there's grease in there. This dead animal is involved. Uh yeah, that was our that was our primary snack. We watched on the video game TV. And uh I think those are the questions I was supposed to answer. Meat and grease group, buddy. <laughs> How about you, Paul? How did you watch this movie? Oh, is it my turn? Oh, well, I have this movie on DVD, so uh so I watched it on DVD. Um uh yeah, I I mean, I was pleasantly surprised too. Like I said, I've I've pulled it out over the last couple years and watched it every so often, but I I don't think that I really watched it quite through the lens of of um of dissecting it this time. It was kind of an interesting viewing. Um, I did eat some Oreo cookies while I was watching it. And, um, and then, uh, I, I, you know, I thought about it and I had some conversations about the movie and then I felt like I needed to do some supplemental viewing. So last night I watched son-in-law. So here's what I have to say about this. And this is going to be controversial for sure, but I'm, I'm saying it and you guys are going to have to deal with it cause it's out there. Uh, <laughs> I think that Pauly Shore was ahead of his time, and I think that um, I, I think that the world missed out on a thing because of the decline of Pauly Shore. That we we could have had the Pauly Shore cinematic universe, and it would have changed everything. <laughs> and and I think that the the choices that he made after Son in Law just completely tanked this idea because. Here's why. In Son-in-Law, and I'm gonna tr I'll try to spend not too much time talking about Son-in-Law because it's not the movie that we're here to talk about, right? But in Son-in-Law, you know, it starts with the, the, um, the Southern farming family and the girl goes off to college in L.A. And, and uh, you know, 
it, it's weird because like when they go to LA, everyone's like, oh, these weird farm people. And they're like, oh, these weirdos in LA. And it's really just, they all are a bunch of normal people. But like, for some reason, everyone's like, oh, how weird, you know? But I guess that's what things were like in 1993 or whatever. Um, but uh, when Polly Shore is hanging out with, like, he's the RA. And when he's hanging out with the girl, um, there's this... Uh, there's this one scene where they're at a Halloween party. Like they're all in the dorm and they're in a Halloween party and there's people dressed as like devils and cupids and scarecrows and things like that. Right. And Pauly Shore is dressed like Carmen Miranda. So he's got like the big fruit thing on his head and he walks into this room and there is Brendan Fraser dressed like caveman teenager guy right like he's got his long hair and he like he looks like he looks in that scene where uh stoney takes him to the amusement park so he's like got the sunscreen on his nose and he's got the sunglasses and like paulie shore walks over to him and he's like hey buddy what you doing Ba-ba-ba. like who are you and like brandon fraser kind of grunts and he like takes a frog from somewhere i don't know like like the frog from the, the <laughs> science lab. Uh-huh, yeah. And he like holds a lighter under it, like he's toasting the frog. And then he takes a big bite out of it and he grunts. And then he walks off screen. And Pauly Shore kind of does this thing where he's like, What? No. Do I know? What? And then like he just kind of doesn't acknowledge <laughs> it anymore. And that's it. So they really missed a huge opportunity here. They could have had all these interconnected movies with all these characters in the Pauly Shoreverse, and they blew it. Well, so to tag on to that, and I didn't do any supplemental watching, but uh, during the commercials is usually uh, Google time. Uh, the commercials will come on, and I'll say something, or Jacqueline will say something, and, and we look it up, because... It's not like in the 90s where you didn't know something and you just had to ponder that question and find someone, a friend who might have some insight. No, you just look it up, uh, which is sad but useful. Uh, and Brendan Fraser's career and Pauly Shore's career are heavily intertwined until Pauly Shore disappears and Brendan Fraser continues on to stardom. Uh, so like Pauly Shore, all of his following movies, Brendan Fraser was in, except for Biodome. But like he had four or five movies and Brendan Fraser's in all of them. It was like Son-in-Law, um, In the Army Now. Uh, there was another one. He didn't make that many. Pauly Shore's, you know, his heyday was pretty short-lived. It was like five or six movies in like five years. And other than Biodome, I'm pretty sure Brendan Fraser was in all of them. It might have just been bit parts. But uh, I don't actually remember him in like... Uh, I didn't remember that scene in Son-in-Law, and I don't remember who he was in In the Army Now. In my defense, I think I saw In the Army Now once in the theater, so that was 30-some-odd years ago. <laughs> so um, I don't think I've ever seen In the Army Now, but like that's definitely on the list to watch like in the next couple days. Um, but uh, uh, yeah, then that must mean that Biodome was his big mistake. Like Not having Brandon Fraser in Biodome is what cursed his career. Like That's what tanked him. I think you're right. I think you're right. I can't. I feel like there was one more movie. And I can't think of what the hell it was. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm just over here being fascinated. <laughs> oh, the uh, I did. I did not know that Brendan Fraser was in more of his movies. In fact, I it, I'm realizing now that I know 
shockingly little about Brendan Fraser's uh, oh. career. Well, after Pauly Shore disappeared, Brendan Fraser went on to be a star. He did the Mummy movies, which were big hits. Right. And then he did yeah. uh, Journey to the Center of the Earth and whatever the sequel to Journey to the Center of the Earth was well, called. I, which Journey... I could, Wait, I, I can actually fill in some information movie. about Brendan Fraser's career if you would like. Um, and there was a Journey to the Center. Of the Didn't they just redo Journey to the Center of the Earth with The Rock, though? There Did was they? another Journey to the Center of the Earth with Brendan Fraser in like 2005 or six. I took Zach to see it when. Oh that, wow, I forgot all about that. It was a kids' movie, but I mean, I don't know. They took a Jules Verne product and they did something with it, and I was like, all right. I, I'll take what I can get, Jules Verne-wise, in modern day. Huh. Sean, the other Pauly Shore movie you're thinking about is Jury Duty. Jury Duty. Jury That's the Duty. Other one. Right. Another one that I think I went to the theater with Alan Kiefer and saw when we were like, I don't know, what, probably like 12 when that came out, right? What are we talking, 93, 94? Was like 13, maybe? Uh, and I don't think I've seen it since. <laughs> I don't think I've seen any of these other movies. You want to hear the scoop on Brendan Fraser's story? Oh, definitely. So, it's a, I mean, it's actually kind of, like, sad. Um, so, he... Well, then no. <laughs> <laughs> okay, fine, then I won't. <laughs> no, no, good. Then make it happy. <laughs> Just lie to me. I don't know the facts. Make up different facts that are happy. <laughs> he did really great, and everything was awesome. The end. Um, wonderful see i'll sleep well tonight no uh so apparently um uh i I guess around the time of those mummy movies or maybe in the in the movies he just he did just after or or both i guess um you know he was like he was kind of the biggest star there was at the time like he was he was a, a good actor like i think i think we could all even see even just from encino man that like uh, you know, he, he, it was no small feat there and he, he did an excellent job, but like those mummy movies, like he's like serious actor, but also like action star quippy kind of humor. Like it, it sort of had the whole package and like, he was the biggest thing around at that time. Um, and he was getting parts left and right. And I guess like Hollywood came calling and it's like, he sort of didn't know how to say no to it. Like, like he didn't know how to advocate for himself. So, um, I think he did a lot of his own stunts on the mummy movies and like, he maybe shouldn't have like, should have said that wasn't safe or I, I can't do this. I need a stunt man or something like that. So I think he like fucked up his back pretty bad. I think he messed up his knee. Um, that there was like, there was, stuff that he did because people asked and he didn't know that he could advocate otherwise. And he had some like pretty bad health problems after those movies. Like he had to have his knee rebuilt and he had to have surgery on his back and stuff like that. And that that's why for like 10, 12 years, he was sort of just doing like little TV things. And it seems like now he's sort of like ramping back up again. So, well, I mentioned it last week. The Doom Patrol. He's in that. He's great. Um, I I'm really enjoying the heck out of the show, and he's great in it. Yeah, but also, like, it's it's definitely clear that that robot's face is sort of like modeled after his face. Like, it's it's kind of funny how Robot Man is him, but um, he only has to voice Robot Man. You know, like, there's a couple of episodes where 
he it's like a flashback and he's definitely you know in the episode doing his thing but like i think for the most part he's just in a in a voiceover booth oh you don't think it's him in the costume i don't think so oh um my, I, yeah, I don't know. Maybe not. Uh, that that character's kind of clunky in its movement, so it's, I don't think there's a whole lot of, like, huge exertion on who's ever in the costume as far as, like, I don't think there's a lot of stunts with that character because he's kind of herky-jerky, you know, like, he's barely walking. Uh, but you might be right. I mean, there's no way to tell. You can just hear his voice. Um, yeah. But he's good in the flashback scenes, and he's voicing it well. I don't know. I still give him a thumbs up, even if it's not him in the costume. Well, according to HeroicHollywood.com, Doom Patrol star Brendan Fraser has praised the actor inside of the Robot Man suit. In case you didn't know, Brendan Fraser rarely appears in the Robot Man suit for Doom Patrol. The character is physically played by Riley Shanahan in the DC television series. There it is. Well, and Chris will attest to this too. Like, it seems like... Yeah, like, I think the TV stuff that he did in the years in between, like, you didn't see him much, but when you did, it was, like, pretty spectacular, and he was on... I just think of Scrubs. Yeah, what was it, Chris? It was, like, a four or five episode arc on Scrubs, and and it was kind of, like, gut-wrenching at the conclusion of it, as I recall. Yeah. what Wasn't that, like, the second time he came back, though? Like, he came once, and then... <laughs> Right, he was. He came once, and then they found out that he was sick, and then he he said he would get treatment, and then like he came back a bunch of episodes later, and then he died. Yeah, I think you're right because there was that there, there sort of was this part where we sort of all had to fall in love with him, and then there was you know like once you sort of understood his character's relationship with like Doctor Cox and stuff like that, then there was that episode where you sort of found out that. uh he he wasn't he wasn't there he was it was just uh, dr cox remembering him right that's what it was yeah yeah. Like yeah that was that was an amazing episode but it was pretty brutal yeah it really was um when we finished i watched the movie with karen and when we finished watching it or actually i think it was before we finished watching it we um there were a couple of things that jumped out at me uh thing number 1 which i think we talked about a little bit in bill and ted as well was that movies like this and Bill and Ted and shows like Saved by the Bell gave me a completely unrealistic expectation of what high school life was like. Um, <laughs> especially what <laughs> I'm pretty sure high school went exactly like those three, uh, those three paradigms. No, I, I, I more mean like the physical building of what a high school is. Because, like, when you think of the high schools in those shows, they were all like they had like all these multiple floors and elevators and like. There was a lot of hanging out, and I mean, the high school in this movie was just like a complex. (laughs) Wait, Chris, are you telling me that when we were in high school that you didn't have the driver's ed teacher pull up right in front of the school, and then you drove around like on two wheels in the parking lot? Are you telling me that was a thing that didn't happen when you were in high school? I mean, I mean... Did you not have any classes in building B, D, E, or F? I mean, come on, man. You had to take the trolley to get to one of them. Did you not hang out on the quad and play frisbee golf with your bros? I didn't drive my car to school either. I never learned to read. (laughs) The other thing... 
<coughs> sorry. The other thing uh, was, so Karen also loved this movie when she was a kid. And I just loved the hell out of this movie when I was a kid. And um, she, she, she said something that was very, it was very true that neither of us realized just how much one's enjoyment of this movie hinges on whether or not you think Polly Shore is funny. Cause like, there's just not a lot else going on besides, you know, Brendan Fraser's performance is wonderful, but like most of the movie's comedy seemed to be built around like, all right, do you think Polly Shore talking weird's funny? Because if you don't, there's not much here for you. Oh, I think I disagree. <laughs> I'm I'm happy to be proven wrong, and I'm not going to say that I didn't enjoy myself while watching the movie. Okay. Uh, okay. Let me let me pose this question to the two of you. Whose movie was this? Whose story is it? Ooh, ooh, I know the answer. I know the answer. It's the story of the kind of rapey teacher who was the neighbor in The Burbs, and I didn't realize made another film until I just rewatched this, who like just gets too close to that girl when he's explaining the sexual perli- you know, activities of cavemen. It's him, right? It's all about him. That guy is my favorite character in The Burbs, and I was so happy to see him in this movie. And then also, like, thank God he explained to us what a Neanderthal was, because I would have been lost with this movie <laughs> if he wasn't the one to give the exposition in class right before the caveman thought out. Uh, add the burbs to the list, please. <laughs> Chris, you've never we seen the burbs? We're past B! You've never seen it? It's got Carrie Fisher and Tom Hanks, and the pizza dude's coming, and Corey Feldman, and this rapey teacher from Encino Man. Oh my god, we might have to go back in time to B and watch the burbs. Like... <laughs> Unbelievable. What Holy crap did we shit. do? Did we do Baby? That was a mistake. Why did we do I Baby? Th- I didn't we're know that you haven't seen the burbs. Thing. We're just going to change this podcast to doing movies I haven't seen. Wait, can I tell you my favorite moment from the burbs? I laugh every single time. <laughs> every single time, right? When, when it's like, I think they had just... I'm going to take my headphones out. I don't want any spoilers. <laughs> no, I'm not going to spoil anything. Um, okay. they, I think they had like they had just broken into the house. They like sort of just escaped before those guys got home, you know. And it's it's Tom Hanks and the the teacher guy from Encino Man, and they're standing in the backyard and they're watching the the house, the creepy house, and it starts to downpour rain on them. And then the the creepy family they like start the car in their garage. They pull down the driveway. They unload a bunch of trash out on the curb. They like beat it with a shovel and then they like (laughs) back up into the garage and like Tom Hanks and the other guy are just completely silent. And then the other guy's like, I've never seen anyone drive their trash out to the curb and beat the hell out of it with a shovel. (laughs) It's so stupid, but I laugh every time. Yeah, no, that movie's got a lot of great lines. It's a funny movie. I should see it. Yeah, no, that's a good one. <laughs> All right, so so I mean, yes, I it, it is Sean Astin's story. Um and I he's perfectly fine in the movie. I'm just saying that overall, if you don't think Polly Shore is funny in this movie, I don't know how enjoyable the movie would be to your average person. When I was a kid, I thought Stoney was hilarious. When I was watching it this time, every time 
every time he's having a conversation, I'm just like feeling a little uneasy. Like I also don't know how he makes that that weasel noise. And also, I don't know if weasels actually sound like that. Well, so I I think the last time I watched this movie, I was sort of mystified by this quandary, like right? Like like whose story is it? Because I think it feels like Sean Astin's story. It feels like Dave's story, right? Like, like we we start the movie on Dave digging his shitty pool in his backyard. Which no, no, we start the movie on in, uh, in the, 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 in the the past. The oh, past, that's very true. <sighs> I, but no, I I think it is Sean Astin's movie. But I. When you asked this question, then I started thinking before I thought about the rapey teacher. I thought, well, is it Encino Man? Is, what do we call him? What's his name? Grunt? Link. Link. Linkovich Chabovsky. Right, right. I, don't, I thought that's where you were going with it. But okay, okay. I, yes, you're right. Once we get to the exposition, it's, it's uh, Sean Ash. Right. I guess, that's, I guess that's very true. We are introduced to Link first in the cave, you know, with the cave woman, which also... I got to say, this is, this is going to sound completely stupid, but this is the first time I've watched it ever where I actually put together that the woman at the end of the movie that thaws out was the woman from the beginning of the movie in the cave. <laughs> <laughs> like, she looks completely different, and so much time had passed that I literally forgot about it. <laughs> um, but I got to say, just real quick, related to that scene... I am genuinely surprised that this didn't see a sequel. I I think I think we still should see a sequel. I think it's time. Yeah. Oh man. Like all right, listen all of our subscribers, <laughs> all six of you, right? This is the time to mobilize. Uh start a petition, yeah, sign it twice. Right to the movie studio, tell them that you want to see Encino Man 2. Um because I like I think if it happened now, it would be like right on. I think if it happened like five, six, seven, ten years from now, it would just be sad, right? But like, <laughs> like, don't you want to see? Uh, so first of all, like, like, uh, I, I don't really know what Paulie Shore is doing right now, but like, we've seen Sean Astin a lot recently, right? Like, he's been in Stranger Things and stuff like that. And he kind of like, oh yeah, he's done doing all kinds of stuff. Yeah, and then and then you know, Brandon Fraser is sort of like having a renaissance, right? Like, don't you want to see both Dave and Link as sort of like you know, like older middle management guys, and like Link is still acting like a caveman, like he's like sitting in board meetings, and they're like, "What do you think, Link?" And he's like, "Oh god," <laughs> you know, and then he like goes home to his his caveman wife and the, you know, like their house is decorated like a, like, don't you want, don't you want to see that? Oh my goodness. Polly Shore has a YouTube channel, um, where he does, um, let's see. The last upload seems to have been three weeks ago. Uh, he has a regular thing called sweating with the wheeze. Yes. <laughs> it's, a, it's a workout video. Uh, and he's got something called, uh, Polly Shore and the Krusties, uh, Polly Shore's random rants. Well, uh, yeah, this is certainly something. Yeah, he's 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 got his own YouTube thing going on here. All right, you ready? I I, I brought this up. Just Chris asked the question. This is what a weasel sounds like. 
That is not at all that weird mouth noise that happened in the movie. Yeah, doesn't seem like a useful nature noise. I think I think if he had oh, said to click a little bit there. If he had said I'm the weasel buddy and then he made that noise, like nobody would <laughs> keep watching the movie. Everyone <laughs> would be like that's disturbing and we want to go home. Um, wow. All right, Random Rants episode 171. Man, he's been at this for a while. So so he seems really angry. Listen. I I asked whose movie it was because I always thought that it was that it was Sean Astin's story, right? Um, and then one time I asked this question on Facebook, and somebody said somebody said that they had a discussion about it in a film class, and they concluded that it was Sean Astin's story as seen by Pauly Shore, like at, like as as like through the perspective of Pauly Shore, and I was like, that's interesting. Um, when I watched it this time, I really felt like it was all three of their movies, like that each one sort of has a, has their own sort of like journey and it's interesting aspect to it. Right. But like, I don't think that, I don't think that like Dave really learns a very good lesson in this movie. Like, I don't think that. Like I think he was the one that was supposed to have the biggest arc and actually like actually have a a character turn in this movie and like I don't think it was as as poignant as it should have been. I mean, what did he learn? Like he was after that girl and he thought that she he should have that girl because she was with the jerk and then by the end of the movie, he got with her. What exactly did he learn? Well, I think that's my... I think maybe that's my issue with it, right? Like, like this was my impression of it this time. When the movie starts out, or, you know, after that, that beginning scene in the, with the caveman, when the, when the movie goes to present day, we see Dave digging this crappy backyard pool, right? And like I mean he's just digging a pit. He's digging a pit. <laughs> I mean he's digging a pit and he, just because you fill a pit with water doesn't make it a pool. And he thinks that's gonna be <laughs> his ticket dangerous. to popularity. Like what kind of dumb fucker is like <laughs> like you know how I could be cool at school? I'm gonna dig a giant hole in my backyard. Like and it's going to fill up with dirt water. And at the end of the movie, they're all swimming in it. And I'm looking. I need to see this closer. And you know what's best? You know what's best? If you really watch that shot in the beginning as it approaches his house, you see all the other houses in the area. Like, I don't remember if it's a pan shot or a zoom in, but whatever it is, you can see the other houses. They all have pools, right? <laughs> so, like, I think they were trying to show us that, like, he's down and out. He doesn't have the pool, right? But really... It only emphasizes the fact that having the pool's not going to matter. Yeah. If you're the only kid with a pool, maybe it is a ticket to popularity, especially at a hot desert town. But if everybody's got a pool, you getting a pool's probably not going to help. Yeah. I mean, I know that the whole the whole thing of him digging the hole is the catalyst for the whole movie because that's how they unearth the caveman. But like, my God, does does Dave miss the mark, man? Like. Like, 
I, I don't know <laughs> why you think that digging this giant puddle in your backyard is going to make you the coolest guy after the prom. And then, you know, the very next scene, he's like riding on the back of Pauly Shore's moped. And it's like, yeah, of course, everybody thinks you're a dork. You're like digging a big hole in the backyard and you hang out with this dude and you ride the school on the back of a moped. Like, and, no one and likes he's digging you. this hole. He's digging this hole like two days before prom. <laughs> I don't no way you can turn a hole into a pool. I don't in think two the days. pool's finished like at all. I'm looking at the scene at the end, and it's pretty low quality, but it do, it just looks like it's a dirt pit full of water. It is. It's a everyone it's wants a, to swim in that with their prom. It's hair. a giant mud puddle. <laughs> You know what else is great? He How said, does "Fill this thing." <laughs> that would take more than two days. It takes like more than a day it to just—it would just sink through, <laughs> right? Filling a regular pool takes like a day and a it's half. Not, if you're doing it with a garden this hose, this is one of the more <laughs> unbelievable aspects of this movie. I'm sorry, this is where I'm drawing the line. Finding the caveman in the dirt's one thing. You know, this enough, pool has offended me. It just occurred to me, Paul's like, "Well, we needed that because it established it's the catalyst for how they found the caveman," but it's not. There's an earthquake that like forces him out. That could have happened without the pool being right. Right, the pool wasn't necessary. Like it's not like he was digging and hit the caveman. There was an earthquake that like shoved a pot to the, and then there was like, then he jumps and he catches the pot and they find the thing. Right? Am I remember? No, there was an earthquake. That's what forced it up. And then the teacher even said, I think. You could find like ice after an earthquake, which didn't make any sense, and the science seemed real wonky on that. But he was like, "Oh yeah, oh yeah, sure." That's ice comes right up. After that's the what earthquake. I'm saying. Thank God we had that teacher to explain things to us. <laughs> Just explaining the science of this movie. Just... <laughs> Look, it doesn't make sense, rules, so we're yeah. gonna go ahead and put it's, this it's, piece this together for it's, you. It's really a science fiction thriller mislabeled as a uh, buddy comedy. So so th- so this is so this is where I'm going with this, right? Like so so uh so that's what unearths the caveman, right? They they then find the caveman. Um, you know, they come home and they find him anytime that that we hear uh pan flutes and drums like we know that there's a caveman thing going on, right? Um so from the moment <sighs> Really, I think really from the moment that they're that they're digging the pool, um, but definitely once once Link shows up, like like Sean Astin, Dave only like only wants to exploit the caveman, right? He only wants to exploit Link. Um, Mm -hmm. When they go to school, he's talking about like. Like, like, cause there's things that they do along the way that are questionable, right? Like, wh- like, why did they need to bring him to school? Why did they need to do any of it? You know, but like, he keeps saying stuff like, "Yeah, this is going to be our ticket to popularity." Like, oh, we'll get him on Leno and he'll do stupid human tricks. Like, we'll be huge. Uh, from the beginning, he only treats Link like Link's a dog, right? And Pauly Shore from the beginning is like i want no part of this like like every time they talk about it like like i think even when they walk in the house and they see him in the bedroom like you know trying to make a fire i think stony says something like i say we walk away right like 
like Stony identifies from the beginning that this is trouble and like we should not be doing this, right? And the thing that I thought was fascinating about it was any time that Dave was trying to convince Stony to follow along with his plan, he started speaking weasel language, right? Like like Paul Shore would be like, I don't know, buddy, blah blah blah. And he would be like Think of the buff nugs that you'll get with the grindage, you know, and then he'd be like, okay, I'll do it, <laughs> right? <laughs> but the whole movie, you know, uh, uh, what's his face? Dave is sort of just trying to exploit the caveman, and then uh, Stoney is trying, is like humanizing him, right? Like he's trying to treat him like family. Um, that scene when they're in the in the convenience store and he's going through the, the food groups with him and the whole like wheeze in the juice thing. It's like, he's trying to teach him how to be in the world. Like he's trying to, you know, treat him like a friend. Right. And I, I really felt the whole thing came to a culmination at that scene where he tries to let him go by the side of the road. Like, uh, like, I guess he's really letting him go because, because the, the, girl that he likes likes link right so he's like i can't do this anymore i'm letting you go and they have that that whole conversation where you know brendan fraser kind of diffuses it by saying family we're family and then you know it's like he gets it right but like after that all the shitty things that sean Aston do still pays off for him at the end of the movie right like I guess yeah. his, I guess his, um, I guess the point where he makes a turn is that he lets uh, Link go with the girl to the prom, um, which we got to talk. We also got to talk about the bullies and their weird ass plan, right? But like, um, but I guess you know he lets her go to the prom, and that's supposed to be him being a good guy. But it's like. All this dumb, awful stuff he did the whole movie paid off because he still gets to have his crappy backyard pool party in a shitty puddle. Like, I just, I don't think it should have paid off for him that way when he was such a dick the whole movie. Well, so did it really pay off? Because this movie falls into a, a trope of like, I don't know, it was probably 80s, 90s movies, whatever. But he, it was a lot of these movies got, where it's like he got exactly he what got, he wanted. What did he, what did he learn? He still got to kiss the girl in a shitty puddle. Like, <laughs> like I, I don't. Uh, all right, sorry. Go ahead, Sean. But the the girl. <laughs> so, I, I, <laughs> Harley Quinn episode one. I just, you should watch that. But the the girl the girl's a bitch, right? Like I didn't like her right out the get. Like, yeah, she's with the jerk, but she's kind of a bitch. Like, not just to Sean Astin, she just seems like a shitty person who hangs out with shitty people. So at the end of the movie, he got to be with a shitty person. So, like, that's not really a great reward, right? Like, some of these, like, uh, 80s, 90s, I don't know, rom-coms or buddy coms or whatever they are, you know, like, the, the romantic female lead even if she's with the wrong guy they like portray her to be like a, an overly nice person you know um but like they didn't do that once here like this this chick was awful oh wow <laughs> that's not how i saw it at all wet hot american summer was the only movie to ever really get that right <laughs> <laughs> they got everything right 
I you, what what did she do that was redeeming at any point? Wait, so did you guys feel like Sean Astin was likable in this movie? No, he was a dick too. Uh, yeah, <laughs> I don't know if likable is the right I, word. Tolerable. They perhaps? were going for a turning point, like you said, like when he when he has the cathartic moment after the the whole. Uh, you know, it wasn't a letting go. Letting go implies John Lithgow, you know, letting Harry go. That's not what this was. He was being a dick. He was kicking him out. Right. He was totally. jealous. He of was him. eliminating the competition. But you're right. They were trying to, they were, it wasn't masterfully done, but for, you know, a 90s comedy or whatever, whatever, they, this was the, this was the cathartic moment. He learned his lesson. He's a better person for it. He lets him go to the prom. And then he only shows up there to try to protect him afterwards for whatever. They were, it was shoehorned and it was quick, but I, I understand what the arc was supposed to be there. Like he learned his lesson about family's more important, right? Um, but the like, you there's if he is the good guy, why does she get to be with him? Because she was non redeemable through the whole movie. She didn't do anything good at all. Um, and then I've lost my train of thought. Well, oh, so yeah, Sean Astin wasn't he wasn't he wasn't really likable during most of the movie, but he had his his turn. I, so, I think that the reason I didn't like Sean Astin so much in the movie, well, let me rephrase that. I like Sean Astin in the movie. Like, I think all three of them do some actually really great acting in the movie, but I think the reason I didn't like the character of Dave in the movie is because the culture has changed so much. Like, Dave was, like, cringy and, like, kind of awful with women right like 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 his way of trying to get her to like hang out with him was to bring a picture of the two of them in the bathtub when they were like, like little kids and that was just ew and, it's a and, weird move and she is totally polite about it right like i think this is why i say like the culture's changed so much because i think nowadays i would expect a woman to be like uh, this is a little creepy, and I would prefer you not do things like that in the future, and you've made me uncomfortable, right? But, like, I think that was the the way that women were expected to be in 1993, was, like, she chuckles, and she laughs it off, and she goes, you didn't show that to anybody, huh? Like, she never tries to alienate Dave, she never tries to make him feel bad, like, she keeps him in the quote unquote friend zone, but like she, you know, she's like, she's very nice and polite to him when I think she should be like, dude, you're skeeving me out. Like you gotta, like, I, I don't like you, you know? Um, and I, I think that, I think that that just shows to me, it shows how much the culture changed because I think we were supposed to. I think we were supposed to feel for Dave. Like, I think we were supposed to be like, oh, poor guy. He's nerdy. He can't, he, you know, he's bad no, with the absolutely. ladies, whatever, you know. He was supposed to be a sympathetic character for sure. And that's, you know, to your point about the way that women are portrayed, it's also, you know, the kind of stuff that warped my mind as a kid of like, how, how, how exactly does, does a nerdy guy get a girl, you know, like, the 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 ways that he acted in order and like the the mindset that he was in is like everything in life is about getting laid everything's about scoring chicks and getting the girl and like i don't i don't understand 
the relationships between any of these people. I'm not even sure why Stoney hangs out with him, right? Right? Like, what do they have in common that makes him want to hang out? What makes Stoney want to hang out with him? Because, like you said, he's 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 not just a nerd. He's he's kind of creepy, and that's you're saying that that was kind of the culture, like being creepy towards girls was a thing that happened in movies that was shot in a way to be like what you're supposed to do like 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 that's the that's the right way to do it that's the only way you're going to get what you want right and it's so incredibly wrong on so many levels well that's why i was so fascinated this time i watched it and that's why i uh that's why i started by saying i think Pauly shore was ahead of his time because like I like I actually thought that Paulie Shore came off looking really cool in this movie. Like he um uh it, you know, he was the the sort of voice of reason the whole time, right? Like he was always the one being like, Don't think this is a good idea, Dave. Don't think we should be doing this. Like I you know, I whatever the thing was, right? And like and and um, and Dave was the one that sort of like convinced him of his like ex- exploitive plan, right? And then in that scene where, um, you know that scene that happens by the roadside, like it was it was shocking how Dave was so not clued into what was happening because he's like. You know, he's like, you don't care about anything, Stony. Like all you, the my favorite line, all you care about is wheezing nugs and grindage. You know, and it's like that is not what Stony had been putting out the whole time. Like Stony was the only one humanizing him. Stony was the only one, uh, you know, looking out for him. Was the only one treating him like a person, right? And then, like, uh, the it. It it resulted in this whole fascinating conversation between my wife and I because she was like, she was like, I always thought that Paulie Shore came off as really misogynistic in these movies, like that you know he was like ogling the girls, he was always talking about you know boobs and stuff like that, and that's how we sort of got into the conversation about Son in Law and why we watch Son in Law because she's like, yeah, there's that scene in Son in Law where he's you know, teaching the younger kid about boobs and stuff. And I was like, I was like, I, I was like, I don't know. I think if you go back and watch that, you're going to feel differently about it. Like, I don't think it's like, I don't think it's like him, uh, being like, yeah, go out and get laid. Like, I think it's him being like, enjoy life. Like you're from this stodgy Southern family. Like you're going to get out in the world and you're going to find, you know, that there's connections to make and stuff like that. And that's what I felt like his philosophy was in Encino Man. Like, he he just wanted, he, he didn't want any of the high school bullshit. He just wanted to hang out with the people that were interesting and fun to him. And, like, he knew everybody's name in that movie. Stoney would walk into the principal's office and he'd talk to the administrator and he knew her by name. He said hi to the janitor by name. He goes into the convenience store and he's like, uh, what are their names? Like Rajneesh and Vishnu or something like that. You know, like he was like friendly with all these people. I think the, the scene in the bar where he like, uh, kind of makes friends with those like Hispanic dudes and they're all, 
like they're kind of challenging him in the beginning and then and then like they kind of all become like buds at the end and they're talking like weasel language like i just feel like paulie shore wanted to connect with people and hang out and have fun and be himself and that's why he was friends with dave because he didn't care you know what i mean like he's like I don't need to be with the cool people. I'm going to hang out with you because you need a friend. All right, that's fair. Your assessment of Pauly Shore's character is not wrong. I think the trouble is is that that character is buried underneath the gimmick of the way that Pauly Shore talks, the, this whole weasel thing. Weasel language? Yeah, that, that, whole, that whole business. Like He definitely played the character that you're talking about, but he also... like. It was this delivery vehicle for his weird weasel character, and like yeah, you're talking about him in the in in the the store where he effectively like you know puts his mouth on the Slurpee machine and teaches Link how to steal Slurpees. Like I don't know that those guys liked him very much, um, but I think he wanted those guys to be on board with it. I think he wanted to be like, look, buddy, wheeze the juice. Like we can all wheeze the juice. Like. I think it was about him uh, sending his philosophy out into the world. His, his, you know, like his carefree, have fun, be yourself, weasel philosophy. I get it. (laughs) I get it. Just, just what's this whole Crescent Fresh thing? (laughs) I, yeah, I don't know. I understand what you're trying to say. I'm just saying that as I was watching it, every time Paul Shore was talking weird weasel language, I was not amused. Like, I thought it was the coolest thing when I was a kid, because it was weird and it was different. But, like, yeah, I don't know, man. Uh, <laughs> See, I think now, I, I enjoyed it now because I enjoyed it when I was a kid. Like, again, I haven't seen the movie in, I don't know, 25 years or something. But the uh, it was very nostalgic. Like, that was a whole... Uh, like Paulie Shore himself, like again, he's whatever it was, five or six movies. They they all came out what from like ninety two to ninety six or whatever it was. Uh-huh. Um, so like it it, um, I, I'm not saying I need a TV series or need to follow his podcast or whatever it is online and get that character constantly. But to to watch this movie right now at this moment was enjoyable because like uh, him doing that was just uh, I don't know, it was nostalgic. It was it brought me back to you know, whatever, nineteen ninety four or whatever the hell it was. The music brought me back. That sure. was that was a good time. And you know, like I said, that weird uh version of high school in, in California definitely brought me back a bit. But uh yeah, I I, I was not amused by Polly Shore. I uh I almost thought that it sometimes it almost felt like two completely different movies because I thought Sometimes in the scenes with the dialogue, there was so much going on that, uh, that like it was, it was, it was weird. And I think some of it was the weird Polly Shore language, but like sometimes they were having a conversation, but then really communicating something on a completely different level. But then some of the scenes in between were like, wouldn't it be funny if a caveman was in now time and he drove a car on a two wheels, you know, or like, wouldn't it be funny if we showed him taking a bath to right said Fred music and eating toothpaste? 
Um, like it, uh, like I think sometimes the stuff that was going on was like really deep, and then sometimes it was like, let's make a montage with a bunch of gags about cavemen now. <laughs> I you you mentioned the car thing, and I wouldn't be me if I didn't mention Radmobile. Um, I did not know that that was a real arcade game. I never, when I was a kid, I had never seen Radmobile in the arcades. Uh, I knew that it had to be some sort of real game because it was running on Sega's AM3, which was like the same visual effects that ran stuff like uh, Afterburner and Outrun. But uh, what always threw me off was like, it was you see it, but you hear Radmobile, Radmobile, and then sound effects from Excitebike playing in the background. It always threw me off. Of course, I had, I had not watched this movie since the advent of the internet. <laughs> So now that the internet's out there, I immediately looked up Radmobile Sega, and, you know, it was an AM3 game published by Sega, and, um, yeah, it, it, it doesn't sound anything like Excitebike, which I thought was a really weird thing. They do that with video games and TV shows and movies a lot, where they put just the wrong sounds in in the background, but uh, I've never heard anything else use uh, Excitebike sounds like this. Usually it's a combination of uh, uh, Pac-Man and Donkey Kong for Atari 2600. 99 times out of 100, when you see somebody playing a video game on a TV show, especially TV shows from the 90s, the sound effects are going to be Donkey Kong and Pac-Man for Atari 2600. You took a huge left on us. Fun fact. I never, I I actually didn't even put that together. So he was driving the car on two wheels because he played the video game that was doing that. Are you kidding? (laughs) This wasn't a puzzle. <laughs> <laughs> that was that was exactly how that that no, happened. I just, I, was like, I just didn't even think about it. Didn't Polly Shore say something like Radmobile to him or something like? He says he yells at his Sean Austin. Yeah, yeah. They see him get in the car. They one of them yells at the other, or they both yell Radmobile, and then they run outside. Yeah, yeah. But you were looking really deep in this movie to just gloss past the surface. <laughs> I was, but I i mean, like, it, I don't think we would be us if Chris wasn't the one who zeroed in on that fact. I assumed it was a fake game. I, I didn't recognize it. Not that I'm a video game expert like Chris. I didn't recognize it. And when I don't recognize something in a movie, I assume it's made up for the movie. Like, because why wouldn't you just pick, like, I... I can't think of a good game from that time. Like that's before Cruising USA, right? But they, they, I mean, I'm I'm surprised they didn't go with position, Outrun. If Outrun. I had to venture a guess, they asked for Outrun, and Sega said, "Well, Radmobile is a newer game, so let's do that." Right. But um, I remember thinking when I was a kid, looking at that, being like, "That's not a fake game. That looks like a Sega arcade racer." But I have no idea what it is because I've never seen Radmobile before. Right. And I've still never actually seen the game, but. You know, we watched the movie, and I saw it running, and was like, "All right, let's see what the hell is Radmobile." And it's it's a game, it's a thing. But they were playing Excite Bike sound effects. What the hell? I missed that entirely, and I played the hell out of Excite Bike when I was a kid. So the fact that I missed that that sound connection, that's on me. Oh, I remember this game now. Now I'm watching an actual playthrough. This is the one that has the, it's got the Sonic the Hedgehog keychain swinging back and forth. That's the only thing I know about this game. That and it runs on the AM3 scaling stuff that makes the game look the way that it does. Right, because Outrun was AM2. This is AM3. I'm sorry, I'm getting really into the arcade board weeds here. My apologies. That's, that's where it goes. Can I, it goes. 
read you something from IMDb that I think is interesting. I was hoping you were going to say a poem that you wrote, but okay, go ahead with IMDb. <laughs> I, I can try to read it like a haiku. Please. <laughs> Pauly Shore was... Cons- no, I can't do it. Okay, so uh, it says, Pauly Shore was considered for the role of Link before the producers met Brandon Fraser and decided that he was better suited for the part. However, they liked Shore so much that they created the role of Stoney just for him. Most of Stoney's lines were ad-libbed by Shore. Huh. Well, that makes a lot of sense because he's just playing himself. He's just doing that weasel character. Yeah, it does seem like it would have been a terrible movie minus that. I know Chris is saying he didn't enjoy the Pauly Shore bit uh, as much as an adult, but I mean... I mean, that was the selling point, though. Like, they, yeah. you know, you saw the movie to A, see Brendan Fraser be a caveman. This was like his breakout role, yeah. right? Nobody knew who he was, but, you know, his performance as the caveman and see caveman jokes like caveman eat toothpaste. Ha ha, very funny. Uh, but it was that and to see the Polly Shore shtick. Sure. And if you take away the Polly Shore shtick, what do you have left? You have Sean Astin being shitty. Uh, and a pretty great performance from uh, 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 Brendan Fraser, but that's kind of it. What about the shush guy? <laughs> shush! I, I put together this time for the first time that that's the, one of the tag-along guys in Wayne's World. Oh, yes. look at that. And I think he also might have had a role on 21 Jump Street as, like, Pinball's Who is brother. that guy? Like, I, I know I recognize him, and I don't know that it's from Wayne's World. I mean, I do recognize him from Wayne's World, but all right, let's see. Can can we address something about the bully, the shush guy? Please. What, in his terrible plan? Or? Yes, his terrible plan, right? So so he they they charge into the prom to like to like out. <laughs> He's Link. a caveman. Yeah, right? Like what? And their proof is that they found they like went to a filing cabinet in the school and found a dog <laughs> vaccination record, right? And then they break into uh Dave's room and oddly enough, he like trips over that picture of the girl. Again, super creepy, right? But like finds the polaroids in there and the polaroids are literally like ice cube ice cube Sort of a face in the ice, maybe something <laughs> in the ice. Group shot of the three of them. Like, that's his proof that they found a caveman? Like, he did not think this out well. And even then, what is what exactly does telling everyone he's a caveman mean? Like, what what is what exactly is that going to mean to a group of high school kids? Like He's a caveman. Like, that's something out of a friggin' science fiction movie. No matter what, what photographs he throws at them, nobody's gonna care. Was he banking on, like, uh, an ingrained racist right? feel towards cavemen? <laughs> like, caveman? Fuck no! I didn't oh, realize no. he was one of those dirty... Get him out of here! Like, even if it wasn't a cheering reaction like he got, like, yeah, it just doesn't seem like a good way to throw somebody under the bus to prove that there's something that there's no natural hatred towards. But again, maybe it's just a real racist area, and anybody who's not exactly like them has to go. Huh. I don't remember seeing a lot of uh, diversity. Maybe you know, I don't know. By the way, I I know the guy from two things actually that I 
I mean, obviously, I know him from Encino Man. That's where I saw him first. But the other things that I recognize him from afterwards, where I think, why do I know that guy, was from NYPD Blue and Gilmore Girls. Mm. Okay. I didn't watch either of those shows. I know him from Wayne's World. And again, I think he was on 21 Jump Street. I think he played Pinball's brother in the later seasons. But I could be totally wrong. He was just another actor that looked like Officer him. Joey Penhall. See, there it is. Doug Penhall at age 16. Called that. I haven't watched that show in forever either. It was in 13 episodes. I've never seen that show. It was uh, what gave Tommy uh, Tommy Depp Johnny Depp his uh, like breakout uh, bit. Huh. His first stuff was a, a 1979 movie called Hot Stuff, where he is credited as Boy with Fish. <laughs> <laughs> Someday I will be Boy with Fish. <laughs> Someday I will be Hot Stuff. You're, you're welcome. <laughs> Only hot stuff with fish. Well, to Sean's point about the diversity in the movie, I mean, yes, there certainly wasn't much diversity in the movie. It's like three of the whitest white guys that ever whited around the place. But um, <laughs> in a rich white area in California. Yeah, no, don't get me wrong. If it, it, I don't know the area that they're supposed to be in personally, but if it's a rich white area, then I guess you portrayed it correctly. But I more meant like at the school, like none of the bullies were. Uh, all the bullies well, were just. I, I thought know. that, uh, like, again, I feel like all I'm doing is like praising Pauly Shore, which is weird. But like, <laughs> I I thought that like that again was another like endearing thing about Stony, right? That like like he knew who all these people were. You know, he was on a first name basis with everybody. Like he like he didn't concern himself with the people that didn't like him. Like he was just about going out and meeting new people. You know. And that, like, that he wanted to be buddies with the convenience store guys, and he wanted to be buddies with the, you know, dudes that he met in the in the bar. Um, and that, like, that mentality sort of rubs off on Link. That, like, you know, again, like, like Sean Astin is only treating him like a dog and exploiting him. And as soon as uh, Stony opens it, opens him up to his world and how he conducts himself in the world. All of a sudden, uh, Link is like, is like Hank, you know, he's like, uh, you know, being friendly with the two like weird hip hop guys in the hallway. And he's like making friends with the computer nerds, uh, in the like robot club. Um, which by the way, is that the dude from Goonies? Which dude? Sean Astin? No, the yeah. dude from the robot club. What? Link was. Oh my God. Li- like it was in like two scenes. He's like, uh. Here, I'm going to IMDb to check. Who do you think he was in Goonies? The dude. You're talking about Data? Yeah, Data. I think... I don't remember this robot club guy being overly diverse. Oh my god, I'm I'm looking at the IMDb page. Yes, he's in Goonies and he's short round in uh, Indiana Jones. He was like... He was only in... Like, That's him? Yeah, he was only in, like, two quick scenes in this movie. But scenes. That was, like, a weird, like, Goonies reunion there. I, huh. I missed that that guy was Asian. Wow. All right. That is a little bit of a Goonies reunion. They just left Corey Feldman out. Screw that kid. Yeah. Kind of a blank and you miss it kind of a thing there. I forgot all about him. Um, who was the other guy that was, like, making fun of him in the beginning or something? What? Were there two, like, delinquent kids or am i thinking of something else in the beginning making fun of the making fun of the computer kid 
And then, yeah, yeah. Right. right, the computer They kid. were like rapper Yeah, the like computer and they were club. Computer club. Yeah, who are those two? Yeah, I think that's what I'm talking about. Those two kind of like hip-hop guys. That's what I was calling them. Yeah. But like, like, I think what they were trying to show us is like, Link brings those two worlds together. He links them, if you will. Like, they're, they're making fun of each other in the beginning, and then, you know, he becomes buddies with both of them. <laughs> the, uh, wow. Uh, the, the, the cave woman's official credit is Cave Nug. <laughs> Played by Sandra Hess. Oh, no! She was Sonya in Mortal Kombat Annihilation. Wow. Oh, dear. That movie was terrible. Callback. Wait. Callback to the first episode. Which, which, <laughs> was Mortal Kombat Annihilation the one we just watched? No. That- Annihilation was the sequel to the original, like, quote-unquote good Mortal Kombat movie. It was from 1997, where they recast half the actors, made it on half the budget, and... Yeah, I don't think I watched that one. I watched the original, the quote-unquote good one, but I didn't watch the I love that movie. I'm not going to say it's good. That's why I'm using the quotes. But I love that movie to this day. It's so much fun to watch. But Man, Annihilation is bad. One of the worst movies I've ever seen. Yeah, I heard bad things and just didn't watch it. The story behind its creation is really quite fascinating. I'll send you guys a link to a YouTube uh, thing I watched about it. Just, just fascinating train wreck of a movie. I'm sure the YouTube clip will be more enjoyable than watching the movie. Oh, without a doubt. <laughs> well, I don't know that I have much more to say about Encino Man. How are you guys doing? Uh, you know, living the dream every day, every day. I think the only two things that I wrote down that I didn't mention, oh, maybe three things. Um, uh, it was a weird. It was it was a weird leap to get to that joke about the cheese is old and moldy, but that one cracked me up when when he when he pulls that out at the at the bar with those guys. Um, I thought it was great. That was one of the better jokes in the movie. Which like uh, that scene, that whole scene in the bar, like really, it 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 continued to highlight for me, like what the hell is wrong with with Sean Astin because like. That's when she started like open him up, opening up to him, right? Like, didn't she say like "come dance with me" or something like that? And he's like, mer, 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 mer. "Like, I, I, I don't, I just didn't get him." I don't think there was anything to get. I, I don't think that his character. Like, I think you're putting more thought into his character than they did. I, when they wrote I it. am putting more thought into it. Like, like the, like the other thing I found myself saying, right? Because I keep, I keep harping on how. Everything that he did was sort of exploitive, ex- exploitive to um to Link, right? Like, including when Link gets punched by the bully, the shush guy, um, and then like, and then uh, uh Sean Astin's like, we got we got to teach him to fight, like we got to teach him how to um defend himself, and and once again, like, Pauly Shore is the voice of reason i guess he's the one who's like i don't think we should do this like this is not a good idea and he uses his you know their their weasel language to convince him and then they teach him how to fight they have that whole like that whole like you know wrestling tv wrestling montage and then in the end he does beat up the bully so i like i just feel like I feel like Sean Astin did the wrong thing the whole movie, and then 
he is rewarded in the end by the Link beating up the guy, everybody going to the puddle pool, and him kissing the girl. <laughs> and then Brendan Fraser gets the gets the cave girl, who they dress in like a sports bra and short shirt, short shorts, and then the end, buddy. <laughs> Bu- buddy. <laughs> so, the, so the lesson in the movie is do the wrong thing and you'll be rewarded. That's that's about right. <laughs> it reminded me a bit of Greece. I also hate. No, I don't hate this movie, but I I hate Greece mostly because the entire message of Greece is no, just be like everyone else and you'll be happy. Like I I hate the ending of Greece. The other thing I uh the other thing I wrote down about the movie was that um that like I think sometimes the um the ideas were so silly that they could have been like in the hands of less capable actors, they would have been a total failure. But I think because it was those three guys, and specifically Brendan Fraser, who I think was was doing the most work of the three of them, um, that they became like kind of realistic and successful. Like uh the 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 one scene where they're teaching him where they're trying to teach him his name, like where they're you know, he's like, Dave, Dave. And then he's like, you know, Link, like he's identifying Link and Stoney, you know, and then like you can really see the gears turning and he's like, buff? <laughs> like, like, I I think that um, even though it was like a silly scene that uh, everybody like really had to invest in it to make it work and and that Brendan Fraser uh, kind of had a Herculean task in this movie and he like, you know, he was so compelling to watch. Yeah. He was indeed fun to watch. No, no question. Brendan Fraser was far and away the highlight of this movie for me. I'm sorry that I liked Stoney so much better than the rest of you. No, I'm, I'm, I'm with Paul on this one. I, I, I enjoy, again, I, I know a large part of my enjoyment comes from a nostalgia and it was more enjoyable when I was young for what it was. But, I don't know, uh, it was a specific thing. Uh, maybe he didn't need five movies to do the specific thing over and over and over <laughs> again. <laughs> but uh, I, I enjoyed watching this movie and him in it the other day. I, I, am, more, uh, I am more happy that you guys enjoyed it and kind of sad that I didn't because I loved this movie when I was a kid. And I hate it. It always makes me sad when I go back to things that I loved when I was a kid and I no longer love them. Mm. Uh, I didn't say I hated it. You know, I, I certainly didn't hate it. And I, I enjoyed my time watching it more or less, but it was more or less than more. <laughs> <laughs> it was more or less than more. <laughs> I, I did think it was strange that throughout the week, whenever anyone texted me about the podcast and I responded with a Pauly Shore picture or like, Pat, voice pattern that no everyone was like everyone just ignored me like nobody nobody was like oh Paul are you gonna be the weasel this whole time like I I guess I, I guess Paulie Shore had more of an impact on me this week than everybody else so I should have I should have figured that from the fact that nobody nobody said a thing about my text messages. You should have realized by now I'm terrible at responding to text messages. I get, I get to them when I get to them. I'm just like, I don't know. I kind of like them. I, 
please feel free to continue texting me. You know what it is? I the sound I keep changing the sounds on my phone to be like Futurama noises, but like it's it doesn't matter what I change the sound to. When my phone rings or makes the noise that I got an email or makes the noise that I got a text, I'm just like son of a fuck. Like it's just terrible every time. And then later I look and I see that it's you or Chris. And I'm like, oh, that's okay. But I, <laughs> then it's like, you know, late at night. And I'm like, I'm not going to text them now. It's midnight or whatever. Next time I see you, I'm going to steal your phone in secret and put a custom ringtone on it. So whenever you get a text from me, it goes, hey, buddy, I'm the weasel. I would love that. I, you are welcome to figure out how to make my phone do that. That would make me happy. <laughs> Oh, right. wait, I had I had one more question about this movie. <laughs> one more question. Go for it. Why are all the girls, like, gaga over Link? Like, he can't even speak words. <laughs> and there's that one girl that's like, I'm going to nail him. <laughs> well, I, I think you just, you just hit the hammer on the nail right there, that uh, they were painting all the girls as just... Just thirsty as fuck. <laughs> Including the main girl, who not only was thirsty and s- jumped over to Link and was with the jerk, but her friend called Dibs. What part of Dibs didn't she understand? That's, that's true. And, like, it's not like she was with the with uh, the, the shush guy for his personality. Like, like I said, What Hot American Summer was the only, the only one that got that right. No, I'm with this guy because he's hot. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. What did they say in One Hot American Summer? She's like, I- I'm interested in sex. Specifically with him, not with you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that, that... I'm out. Yeah, I'm good. <laughs> I'm tapped. <clears throat> All right. Well, it's time for... Uh, it's time for the, the everyone's favorite part of the show. Uh, figuring out what movie we're going to watch next. So we have the um, the letter F. Uh, so who's going first? I can't do it anymore. <laughs> it doesn't matter what I suggest. I'm apparently the most predictable human being ever. Paul's always got my number and Chris sees it coming. I actually don't know what either of you are going to choose for F. I had a really hard I, time Yeah, I also F. have I have no guesses for either of you. Yeah. And then I also tend to base my picks on what I think maybe you guys... At least one of you maybe hasn't seen, because that would be interesting. Uh, and then it never fails. I skip over Ed Wood, which you haven't <laughs> seen, and I assumed you have, and suggest Escape from the Planet of the Apes, which you've both seen multiple times. <laughs> so, I, I mean, I'll go. I, I'm going to say this, and you're both going to be like, yeah, we've seen that. I have it on DVD. The poster's right behind you. Let's try. And I didn't. I, I don't know the year. I'm going to call it 1983. The 1983 film, Flash Gordon. Oh, okay. Oh, I have not seen Flash Gordon. No, no. Yeah. Queen does the whole soundtrack. I, I know of the soundtrack. I've okay. never actually seen the movie. All right, Chris uh, hasn't seen it. It's pretty awesome. That's my. Pick. That's my pick. I, okay. I don't. Th- right. I don't think I'm familiar enough with it to say that I have seen it. Like I can't tell you that I haven't seen it on you know TBS in the middle of the day one day, but I would be. I would be happy to watch that movie because I don't think I have a knowledge or appreciation of it because I haven't really sat down to watch it. I haven't watched it since I was a kid, but I loved it when I was a kid. Uh, and I remember finding out years later that Queen did the whole soundtrack and, and the, the the main song, Flash, ah, yeah. it's stuck in my head a lot, even though I haven't seen the movie in years. I mean, I feel like it's something that I should see, right? Like, you know, I think sometimes when we we uh bring these picks up i try to go like 
oh, this is something that I haven't seen that I feel like I should have. Um, so I feel mm-hmm. like Flash Gordon falls into that category. All right. Yeah. Solid pick. All right. You want me to go next or Paul? Do you uh, go uh, what do you want to do, Chris? Uh, I'll throw mine out there because it's, it's not great. Sure. <laughs> I, my, well, my original thought was that I thought it would be fun just to get a, a, a modern take from two of you because it's a movie that I'm pretty sure the three of us saw together. And I'm also confident that none of us have seen it since, which was Final Fantasy The Spirits Within. <laughs> oh, that video game? The, the, that we dressed up? It was what, not what I thought it was going to be. I didn't look at any of the previews, and I thought it was a Final Fantasy movie. It's, it, you were not alone, sir. As a matter of fact, that same YouTube program I was talking about is, is, it did a whole episode on that, too, which was also fascinating. The show's called What Happened? What? <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, wow. Uh, but no, instead, I thought that I would go with a more modern movie that I have avoided watching, and um, this show is kind of the only excuse that would get me to watch it, which is Fanforstic. Oh. The Fantastic Four movie that's the latest Fantastic Four movie uh, oh. with uh, Michael B. Jordan. I, I'm not, not going to lie. I have no interest in seeing that. <laughs> oh, I, I've watched it. <laughs> I have not watched it. I'm not interested in watching it in any situation other than to discuss it with you guys. You, you know, so you know what I might. We don't pick. vote for that. I'll give you a thirty second or six thirty second summary if we don't. If that doesn't end up being the pick, sold. Fair enough. Uh, you, you know what I might have, guys. I, I might have. I, I'd have to really look and see if I can find it. But I might have the um. The like the Roger yeah Corman the one? Roger Corman one from the nineties <laughs> I I think I got it yeah on eBay I got a copy of that too yeah 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 I borrowed that from one of you back in the day and watched <laughs> it and was like wow this is this is dreadful yeah, yeah. um so uh I so I have a question uh uh I just I I I need to figure this out as far as my pick goes right so let's pretend. That the movie we we just talked about, the movie we watched for this podcast, was not uh-huh. called Encino Man. Let's say right. in some alternate dimension, right? It was called The Encino Man. Would we uh-huh. still do it under E? Or would we... Yes. Correct. Okay. The never counts because the and uh would just... You'd have so many T choices. So, yeah. so no. even if it was called An Encino Story, we would still do it under E. Yes. Okay. Yes. Great. Any article? A and the. Is there any Correct. other articles? Fair enough. Those are the only three, that's, right? That's what I thought. <laughs> thy. Okay. Thy. <laughs> so, um. Although I think if thou starts going in there, I might start throwing. <laughs> that might be a th movie, but. So I chose a movie that I've I've definitely seen before, um, but I haven't seen it in so long, and I don't remember it that well so i i feel like if if we watched it it would be a similar experience to to last month when we did drop dead gorgeous i feel like it would be like watching it again for the first time um so uh, i definitely remember liking this movie i think it was funny um but you know in the event that you were gonna say technically that doesn't start with an f you know there's an article in front of it I was still going to maybe pitch it because there's another movie that does start with F that has the exact same cast. 
Completely different movie, completely different plot, exact same cast. So I was going to be like, maybe, you know, maybe that could be supplemental viewing. Do you you guys know what movie I'm talking about? Two movies, same cast. One starts with an article. They both start with F if you ignore the article. Yeah. One starts with F. The other one starts with an article and then an F word. Unbelievable. Um, Fletch and Fletch 2? No. See, it, you you would think that, but it's not like a movie and a sequel. These are just two movies. Oh, unrelated with the films. Same, yeah, with the same damn cast. Is it one of those Shaun of the Dead ones? It is not. I feel like I'm going to know what you're talking about when you say it, because there's something vaguely... There's something ringing a bell in my head. I'm trying to think of ensemble casts that work together. You got the Jay and Silent Bob crew. You got the Monty Python. You got the Shaun of the Dead group. You got, oh, you, like you, the- you got darn close there, Sean. You said something that was going to lead you down the right track. Monty Python? Yeah. Fish so, called Wanda and... And Fierce Creatures. Fierce Creatures? Yes. Wow, I've so, never even heard of Fierce Creatures. Uh, hey, I don't know Fierce Creatures. So, I know Fish called Wanda. I don't know Fierce Creatures. So I, I don't remember Fish Called Wanda very well, but it's it's uh, uh, Jamie Lee Curtis, Kevin Klein, and then from from Monty Python, it's uh, uh, John Cleese and Michael Palin. Um, and I I think in in Fish Called Wanda, it's it's kind of like a um, I think it's sort of like a, a heist, sort of like double cross story. I I feel like maybe Jamie Lee Curtis and and uh, Kevin Klein are a romantic item, but they're pretending to be brother and sister. And I know that 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 John Cleese is like the mark, like he's the guy they're trying to trick. Um, and he keeps walking in on them. There's like sort of, there's sort of, um, you know, it's sort of like a screwball comedy where like he'll he'll walk in on something happen in a compromising position and then he'll be like oh you know like there's a lot of like sort of sexual sexual humor in it um but uh fierce creatures i remember a lot better i think because the name uh explains the movie better um in fierce creatures uh john cleese and michael palin are zookeepers um at this zoo that's like going out of business like it's like it's like in the it's losing money and because it's losing money it gets bought by this corporation and uh i think that kevin klein is the the son of the owner of the corporation so it's kind of like because he's related to him you know it's like well here like this is your project like you make this zoo solvent and i i think jamie lee curtis maybe is the pr person like she works with Kevin Klein somehow, but his idea is that in order to make the zoo make money, they're only going to feature dangerous animals, fierce creatures. And then when they're like, well, what will happen to the other animals? He's like, I don't know. We'll get rid of them. So then John Cleese and Michael Palin freak out about what's going to happen to their other animals. their poor, cute animals. So they decide to pretend that every animal is a fierce creature <laughs> and they're like, they're like, Oh, this pangolin, it's uh, it's spiky and it's got poison. It'll hurt you. Uh, so I remember there's a lot of weird comedy in that because they keep pretending that all these animals are fierce creatures. Right. I've never, yeah, I don't remember this movie. I'm looking at it now. I don't remember this movie at all. I've never heard of it. So is that your pick or is fish called Wanda your pick? I think Fish Called Wanda is my pick, but if you guys were going to say 
That's off the table. Then I was going to say, one through Fierce Creatures. Now I got to go watch Fierce Creatures anyway, because I'm, I love John Cleese. I've never seen this movie. Fish Cold One, it's been a while since I've seen it, but I do know that. I can't remember if I've seen that one or not. I know I own it, because uh, Karen had it. So it was, there's a copy of it right over there, but yeah, I don't know. All right, so Fish Called Wanda, Flash Gordon, or Fantastic Four? Fan, fan Four Stick. All right, that's two for Flash Gordon. All right, so Flash Gordon it is. Flash Gordon it is. I voted I felt, Flash I Gordon. Like, I felt like Sean needed the win. <laughs> I voted Fish Called Wanda. I like Fish Called Wanda. It was a good, I, it's been a couple years since I've seen it. It's a good movie, though. I like Fish. Wanda's a great word. Sure, why not? <laughs> Jamie Lee Curtis, Jean Cleese. Pilot on. All that stuff. Oh, oh, yeah, Flash Gordon. All right, so we're going to do Flash Gordon real quick for your sake. This is how Fantastic Four went. Everyone said it was terrible, and I didn't go see it. Me and Jacqueline watched it, and I said to her, I turned to her mid-movie, I said, this isn't that bad, this is fine. They took a couple liberties, it's fine. Let's see where they go with it. She said to me, see where they go with it? We're an hour and 32 minutes into this movie. And I said, what? (laughs) And I looked, and there was like 13 minutes left, and we hadn't gotten to a plot. And then all of a sudden, Doctor Doom did a bunch of stuff that didn't make any sense for his character or have any basis in anything, and it was over. <laughs> That's that movie. Wow. I gotta see it. <laughs> I have to see it someday. But... The first hour and a half, it's really, it's not bad where it's enjoyable. In fact, I didn't think it was bad at all. It just... <laughs> and then it stopped. It just... I don't know what it did. It just... I was like, What? It wasn't good, but it, I, it wasn't bad where, like, there was, up to that point, there was just no reason to complain. I was like, yeah, whatever. It's plotting along, whatever. Well, there you have it, folks. Flash Gordon. Uh, and that's going to wrap it up for our show. The Theater Near You is a part of the Geekade Podcast Network, and if you'd like to get in touch with us to share your comments, movie suggestions, or whatever, you can send us an email at mail at geekade.com. It can also be found on most social media outlets and the official Geekade Discord server, all of which can be found in our show notes. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next time in the Theater Near You. Goodbye!